to the Travel Squad podcast. We adventure the world together, one passport stamp at a time. We're here to share travel news, tips, and our own adventures with you. Every Travel Tuesday, we share stories on a variety of topics, including our hometown, San Diego, hiking, weekenders, national parks, international getaways, and inspiring you to go on your own adventures, even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. And I'm Kim. And And we're we're the the Travel Travel Squad Squad Podcast. Podcast. So grab your ticket and your passport. And don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, fellow travelers. Hey, Hey, hey. squaddies. Welcome to episode 113 of the Travel Squad podcast. Today's episode is diving right into our top 10 winter destinations for you to visit. Winter is coming and we have some of the best places to travel to this winter to escape the cold and to enjoy those winter wonderlands. I don't personally love the cold and love the snow, but I do love a quick weekend visit to make a snow angel, maybe a snowman here or there. You know, what's really funny is I can't tell you how many times that we've tried to plan things in the winter, Kim, and you're just like, I don't want to go. It's going to be too cold. I'm just like, you need to embrace it. I love the cold. So (laughs) I'm actually really excited about this episode. You know, we had a previous episode, number 85, where we talked about the top summer destinations. And as a matter of fact, that was one of our most popular episodes that we actually had this year. But those summer destinations we mentioned talked about like non-cliche summer places to visit and really go to escape the heat. But in this winter edition episode that we're doing, we're switching it up a bit and giving you guys a mix of places to escape the winter and embrace the winter season, which I'm all about. So we have it broken up into two categories, five places to embrace the winter vibes and five places to escape the frigid temperatures and to soak in the sun. So let's get the frigid out of the way first. Let's talk about winter vibes. Winter vibes, number one right here, one of my favorite places that we've ever visited, Chamonix, France. It's actually located in the French Alps. It's tucked in the corner between Italy and Switzerland, and it's a great mountain town to go to if you're in Europe to embrace those winter vibes. It almost reminds me of a Aspen or Vale type place to visit here in the United States. Temperature-wise, it has an average high in the 40s, lows in the 30s, and it's tucked in this beautiful little valley. They have these beautiful gondolas that you can go up and embrace, and I just love Chamonix. Yeah, when we were in Chamonix, we stayed in a really nice hotel and it had an indoor swimming pool because, you know, you're there during winter. And did it have a hot tub too? It did have a hot tub too. And then all of the windows around it were like floor to ceiling windows and you could look out and see all of the snow, which was like super cool. Very romantic. Chamonix is a favorite for skiing. A lot of people go there during the winter to ski there, but they also have other winter activities like dog sledding, which I I've never done, but I do want to do. That would be so fun. I think it would be really fun to do that. Snowshoeing. We were supposed to do that in Breckenridge, but we haven't been able to. I also think that would be really fun to do. And glacier hikes. And I think that would be absolutely gorgeous and amazing. So I definitely recommend Chamonix. We did take a gondola up to the top of Mount Blanc and the elevation there is over 10,000 feet. And that was actually the first place I've ever felt altitude sickness before. And it came on like right away. It just hit you. It just hit you because you go basically from ground level all the way up and you just 
are taking these stairs up and you can just like feel how short a breath you are. Also, it doesn't help that it's like super cold out because mm-hmm. we went for New Year's right around that time. So it was middle of winter. And so you could just feel like a little dizzy, a little bit of difficulty breathing. You could feel all of that. But the views from the top are amazing. 100% gorgeous. You can look out into obviously the French Alps, the Swiss Alps, and the Italian Alps. As a matter of fact, the top of Mont Blanc is the dividing line between Italy and France. You're still on the French side, so you're looking right into Italy, and Mont Blanc is the tallest mountain in the Alps, period. So you are at the highest level when you are up there. On a clear day, you can actually see as far as to the Matterhorn in Switzerland. So really, really amazing views up there from the top. I love it. It's a quaint European alpine town, and not to be missed, one of my favorite locations that we've ever been. And they definitely know how to do New Year's right. Like when we were walking the town, the day before they have a whole bunch of tasting menus and Mm. like exclusive menus for new year's and new year's celebrations and like it's a really big thing there so i highly recommend going in winter and if you can make it for new year's you'll definitely enjoy it when you guys went for new year's how many nights did you spend there we spent what was it two or three nights there because this was the tail end of our honeymoon trip that we had actually taken we did the european river cruise down the danube since we were there we were like well let's just go to france and let's go spend new year's in the french alps so we did that so it was about two or three days that we spent there which is enough time to just get a feel of the city and the vibes but if you are going there to really do winter activities like snowboarding skiing etc you may want to spend more time because you could ski from one country into the next <laughs> which is really cool. That is cool. So number two on our list is Boise, Idaho. In the United States. And we love Boise. We've talked about Boise before for all of our new listeners. You can go back to episode 38 and hear that one. It's a hoot. It's a big hoot. I loved Boise, Idaho. So the highs in Boise are in the 30s, 40s, lows are in the 20s. So it's a very snowy town in the winter. But the best thing that we did in Boise was snow tubing. And if anyone has not been snow tubing, definitely recommend you try it. It is so much fun. Like Kim said, it's a hoot. You know, I I knew it was going to be fun, but I didn't realize how fun it was going to be until we actually got onto the slopes. And they give you these really big, like industrial sized inner tubes and you get inside them and they have this really big hill for you to tube down. And then at the bottom, they had a conveyor belt that brings you back up so you could do it all over again. And we did. I think it was like a one or two hour reservation for the time slot that we booked. And they were policing the time really well. So we were like timing how long it would take us to go down the hill and conveyor belt back up so we can see how many more runs we had before our time was up. We raced each other down. We like connected to each other and went down as a group. We went down on our stomach. We went down a whole bunch of ways. All the ways. All the ways. ways. Snow tubing was really fun. So in Boise right here, they have a road. I think it was called Bogus Basin Road. And that's actually where we went to go do the snow tubing, which is Bogus Basin. And that road runs you only to this winter resort. So if you don't want to do snow tubing and you actually want to do skiing or snowboarding, you can at this location. We just opted to do the snow tubing. But other than that, if you're going for a more mellow winter activity to do in Boise, Boise is known for its plethora of hot springs that they have. So we went to two locations specifically ourselves, Kirkham Hot Springs, Gold Fork Hot Springs. So just imagine being out in nature in the winter surrounded by trees that are dusted with snow or it even snowing on you and sitting in natural thermal water, relaxing. No better winter vibes than that, quite honestly. And you could do that here in Boise. Yeah. In fact, the Gold Fork Hot Springs was a place that we discovered through Instagram. 
and seeing people's beautiful pictures of them in one of the many steaming pools with snow-covered trees all around them. And it was so winter and so majestic that we booked a trip to Boise for this. It was a little bit of a drive from Boise, not exactly in the city of Boise, but it's well worth the drive. You'll have snow all along the roads as you're driving there. So make sure to get four-wheel drive or something with chains so you'll be safe. Yeah, that's a solid squad tip. I'm glad you actually mentioned that. If you're going to be driving in the snow in these mountain regions, you do want to have yourself a vehicle with four-wheel drive. We actually drive. saw someone spin out right in front of us. And luckily yes. they were they were fine, but it was a little spooky. But they were in a car and not an SUV with four-wheel drive. That's true. And we all screamed and Zaina was sleeping and she woke up and like screamed herself. And they weren't even going fast. I mean, we were going pretty slow down a road to get to the hot springs and their car just couldn't handle it because the roads were so icy. So they just spun out. Point being safety first, get that four wheel. Yeah, but it's definitely worth the drive. Wear the bikini with the beanie and the boots. Cute pics right bikini there. Bikini with the beanie. I like that. I was actually <laughs> going to say you get the best of both worlds because you have the winter vibes and you could still be in a bathing suit summer vibes. So it yes. meshes as one here in Boise. Yes, it's awesome. So Gold Fork has a small fee that you do have to pay to the owners and operators of the property, but Kirkham is fully natural. In nature, you're parking on the side of the road, you're doing a little not a hike, but like a little trek to get to the destination. And they have a whole bunch of these really small hot spring pools. And they even have like a little waterfall of the hot water coming down the side. And it's just amazing. Like we got our own little area to ourselves and it's perfect. And I can't imagine even going here in summer because the hot water in the summer would be too hot. So you have to have the nice crisp cold air wearing that beanie and to just like really soak and enjoy beanie in the bikini <laughs> i kind of wish that we would have stayed in more of a cabin like i don't know hotel or or situation just to like enjoy more of the snow because i feel like those two go hand in hand with each other see as you're talking now kim i can tell deep down you are a snow bunny at heart so i don't know why you don't like the cold <laughs> no i mean cabin fireplace, fireplace. so inside. you want to be inside in the cold is what you're hot saying chocolate. you want yeah. those vibes yeah. unless you're in the hot springs of course yes yeah next time if we go back we should do that we should get a little cabin with a fireplace maybe a little hot tub on the deck Ooh. drink some hot chocolate mm. that'd be amazing well speaking of cabin vibes i think that's the perfect transition to number three on our list which is close to our hometown we've all been here many many times this is lake tahoe california if you've never heard of lake tahoe please google it look at it one of the prettiest bluest lakes you'll ever see in your life in a mountain town here in california straddles the border with nevada just as well and this is the perfect place for you to get that cabin kim light <laughs> that fire stay inside, watch it come down, or do winter activities also. Well, it's funny you said Lake Tahoe, California straddles the border with Nevada, but Lake Tahoe exists in both California and Nevada. I'm just repping Cali, Kim. <laughs> repping Cali. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really cool place in that it's on the state line border. So as soon as you cross the state line, you get all of the Nevada casinos and like fun nightlife that comes with that. You get free drinks while you're gambling. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> but you can do that in summer or winter. We're talking about winter here right now. 
So realistically, you're probably not going to go out on the lake during winter itself. It's going to be really cold unless you are adventurous. So realistically, you're going to either experience that Nevada nightlife that you talked about, Kim. We're also either going to get a cabin, stay inside, be warm, have a fire, have that hot chocolate, maybe spice it with a little bit of Kahlua. Who knows? (laughs) But Lake Tahoe, again, famous for its winter sports and activities. There are so many ski and snowboard resorts in the area. One famous spot is going to be Heavenly lake tahoe and it straddles again the line between california and nevada so you could ski from one state into the next however the main entrance to heavenly is in california they also do have squaw valley which hosted the olympics at one time believe it or not so if you want to feel like an olympian you can go to the western side of the lake and go to squaw valley and so many other places i'm not going to mention them all but if you are big into your winter activities those are two of the main main highlights for you Fun fact, I actually broke my left arm in Tahoe snowboarding once. The only time I've ever tried snowboarding was in Tahoe, and I never did it again because I didn't like it. But I have gone snow tubing, and I did love that, of course. One thing I just want to say is if you are not a person who wants to do snowboarding or skiing or even the snow tubing, I still highly recommend at Heavenly during winter, you go up in the gondolas. Once you're high up on the mountain, it gives you an overlook of the lake and just to see the lake, which is already naturally blue, but with the hue of white and snow all around you, it just makes a more majestic vibe that you really can't get when you see it during the summer. So do check that out. It's worth paying the gondola fee just to go up to get that elevated look of the lake during winter. So pristine and clean and beautiful. Tahoe is also really, really fun for New Year's. I've spent many New Year's here enjoying the cold, yes, and the firework shows are beautiful. The casinos are so much fun. It's a really good time. I would definitely recommend. We used to go when we lived in Sacramento before we even turned 21, and you're supposed to be 21 in the casinos. And we would get in there, and it was just so crazy with so many people on New Year's that we'd get kicked out of one, walk to the other one, and it was a total shit show, but really, really fun. You know what I used to do before I was 21? And I maybe shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I had my parents, they would get me an alcoholic beverage. I would hold a beer in my hand. So that way it already looked like I had gotten carded. And then I was just free to roam throughout the casino. Didn't really have any issues. So I'm not advocating doing that. That involves someone who's 21 and over getting you something. But uh, I kind of experienced that. But I never got kicked out, Kim, because I had a foolproof plan. Ah, there you go. Well, I just look so young for my age, you know. You do. You do. So youthful. So number four on our list is Vienna, Austria. And Jamal and I actually went on a trip. Like he mentioned earlier, we took a honeymoon and we went down the Danube. And one of the stops that it made was to Vienna, Austria, right off the Danube River. And it was beautiful. There is definitely a mountain backdrop, definitely really gorgeous, but also one of the big draws to visiting it in winter is the Christmas markets. And I highly recommend one time in your life experiencing a European Christmas market. You see all of their traditional foods, their crafts, their gifts, their drinks, everything just all in a few blocks at a market. It's amazing. Like you can walk down the street with like hot apple cider or hot chocolate or, you know, get some traditional bakery goods and pastries and it's just so homey so Christmassy and amazing so 
whenever you talk about your favorite destination in the world, Vienna seems to be on that top list. It is. What is it about Vienna that makes you place it so high out of all the places that you've been to? I think it just really has a really nice scenic beauty. And then it has that quaint European feel to it also. So you can get the best of both worlds of the city and the nature vibes. I have to go. I definitely would love to see this at Christmas time. You really do. What I really like piggybacking off of what Brittany said is that Vienna is such a modern city, but the architecture of the buildings and everything that they have there is very classic European. So it's kind of that mix of modern and old and in winter, plus with those Christmas markets, the people, the vibes makes a really, really cool city. Vienna definitely top of the list. In Vienna, they also have a Ferris wheel and uh, it's in the center in Vienna. It's been in operation for over 100 years and it's not a traditional Ferris wheel. That's a little sketchy. But it's not a traditional (laughs) Ferris wheel with like your legs hanging down or anything like that. You're actually in what looks like almost like a barn and you're in like this barn capsule that keeps moving and all of them are like that. You can actually have like wedding proposals there, Mm. romantic dinners, special events there. And it was featured on The Amazing race as well and they had this really funny challenge where you had to eat like a whole meal by the time the cart went around but anyways it gives amazing views of the city and it's really fun so while you're in vienna also try to ride the ferris wheel and vienna is also known for the coffee houses plenty of coffee houses to enjoy and just sip some coffee and people watch like people do that there like here i feel like people always get coffee on the run to go Mm -hmm. it's very hustle bustle there people just go to a coffee shop to get a snack, enjoy a drink and just people watch and just relax. We were told that you're not going to find Starbucks. Like maybe you'll find one, but you know, whoever goes in there is really like a tourist. So unless you want to be labeled as one, you shouldn't go in there. You should go to the real coffee houses that they have there. As a matter of fact, we went to the coffee house that Sigmund Freud frequented. And so that's where he came up with his observations about people, their personalities, etc. was just doing that, getting coffee and people watching people. So we went to the coffee house that he frequented, which was really, really cool. But lots of stuff to do in Vienna. Highly, highly recommend. Kim, when you go, I will go back with you. Okay. It doesn't have to be in winter. Doesn't have to be because I'd love to just see. <laughs> it's in the winter section, Kim. You got to Christmas markets, man. Yeah, the Christmas about? markets would make me brave the cold. Tell you what, we'll do that and we'll go to the Alps outside the city and we'll get you a cabin to sit in, Kim. Ooh, will that okay. sell it for you? Yeah. All right, good. So number five, concluding those winter vibe sessions here for you is going to be Japan. Now, Japan may not be a place that you really think about when you're thinking about winter necessarily, but we went in January. And let me tell you something, Japan in winter is really, really fun. I definitely love Japan in winter. It's not super cold. Highs are in the 50s, lows are in the 30s. But you would never be able to tell that if you look at their pictures because they're bundled up with gloves, beanies, jackets. Like I thought it was like in the 20s over there. (laughs) I mean, you know, that's the average. I do feel like some days that we were there, it was definitely colder because I don't wear thermals a lot. In a couple days, I ended up wearing thermal pants under my jeans. So I don't know if it was abnormally cold when we went or these are like the averages. I mean, these 
are the averages probably, you know, for the country, but depending on what city you are, especially if you're going somewhere in the mountains, I mean, we went to Mount Fuji, you go to the top of Mount Fuji, you're going to be freezing in winter. I mean, my God, it stays snow capped throughout the year, right? Mm -hmm. So at winter, it's going to be worse, but nonetheless, really, really cool place to go in the winter. Most of all, you're visiting Japan during off season. So you get a lot of really good rates when you go to a lot of people say they think Japan is a really expensive、mm -hmm. place, maybe cost of living to live there, especially in Tokyo. It is in terms of a lot of other stuff. I didn't feel so much, but tourist driven wise, yes, Japan is kind of expensive. So you get that off season if you go during winter. Yeah, and in winter, you can still see everything that you want to see, except for the cherry blossoms. That's the only downfall. But、Ooh. pretty much everything else that you want to see, you can visit in winter. The weather didn't have any effect on our trip at all. I mean, yes, it was chilly and cold, but there was only one day that it rained on us, and it was manageable all the other time that we were there. And because it is off season, did you notice anything closed or limited? No. I didn't notice anything closed or limited. Not at all, actually. As a matter of fact, I enjoyed it so much because it didn't feel as crowded except for local people, really. And so it made it feel in a way that it was almost just for us, which I know kind of sounds silly, but we went to Tokyo, we went to Kyoto, Osaka, Nara. Nara, we went to Tokyo Disneyland. And so if you are a Disney fan and want to go, obviously during wintertime is a good time to go to a lot of amusement parks. It's down season for that too. So this is a really popular park. We didn't really experience too much of the Disney lines in a way that it can be really bad during peak season. So you have that going for you also. But not at all. I mean, a lot of the things that we did in Kyoto, Osaka, were go to the traditional markets that they have. And those are still up and running during the winter. All of the temples and shrines open during the winter. And then we also went to see the floating shrine, which is on a different island. And the ferry boat to get over there was open. Everything seemed to be open like it would be. And it was amazing seeing the deer in Nara Park. Mm -hmm. As they're bowing to you, and you come up to them, and you can feed them like deer crackers and cookies. Amazing. Yeah. And if you really want to get inspired, really do go back and listen to our episodes that we had on Japan 42, 43. Really funny ones. Highly recommend. Get you excited to go. Japan is awesome and really cool in the winter. Those were our top five places that we're recommending you go to in winter. There's one other place I would love to get to this winter, and that is Breckenridge, Colorado, because we tried to go last winter. Yeah, we tried so hard. And then, you know, we were going to brave out the storm that they were going to have until like our flights got canceled. Our flights got canceled. The only reason we didn't go was it was like the worst storm since 1885 or something like that. Of course, that would happen to us. And this is probably why I don't enjoy winter travel as much because there are these random disruptions. We tried to go to Big Sur one year in February, I think. Yep. And we had one of the craziest rainstorms in so many years that. Shut down power, caused us to leave work early, which we didn't mind. But it also took away a chunk of the highway. Landslide ruined the coastal highway, one section of it. Highway one, the famous highway one that we were planning to drive up to. So that threw a wrench in our plans. So winter travel, love it, hate it. Yeah, you also went to Big Bear, and how long did it take you? Oh to get to my、Bear? gosh, one time we went to Big Bear, and it was supposed to be just like a two or three day weekend trip. It's the three hour drive from San Diego normally. It took 11 hours because of the whiteout snowstorm and closing the mountain and opening the mountain and putting chains on, and it was a total disaster. That's crazy.、Mm -hmm. 
Yep. I still love winter so much. I love traveling in winter. I love that it's off season. I love that it's cold. I love that there's Christmas markets and, you know, just so much to do in winter and without the crowds. A little bit more planning and a little bit more expecting the worst. But if you come into it with that and you can just sit there with your hot chocolate in your fireplace, then winter travel, that's what it's about. Doesn't matter what season it is, there could always be something, but I think Kim's just hating a little bit on the winter, but perfect transition because now we're getting to your time of the episode to shine, Kim. Summer vibes. Yes. You know, we're in San Diego, so we don't get harsh winters by any means, but sometimes it's cold. Like in January, it can be very cold. Yeah, it could be 60 degrees. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, and you may want to escape that cold, especially if you live somewhere like the Midwest or the Northeast where you are being pummeled with snow day in and day out. Maybe you want to break from that. So we have five places that are really great to travel to in the winter months to get away from the cold. And the first one on our list, our sixth destination of our total episode here is Thailand. I went here in November one year, and that's just the beginning of the popular travel season for Thailand. And I would recommend going in those early, like November or maybe like February, because for Christmas and New Year's, it gets really busy and the prices do go up and the availability goes down. But it's also a really fun time to be there if you're taking a holiday trip. Why is it so busy during New Year's? Do you know? Do they have like a whole bunch of celebrations? Well, I think the weather is good. It's not the rainy season. It's not the cold season. Not that it gets very cold there. But the rainy season is basically wrapped up. And so it is the high time for travel. And it's the holidays. So people like to travel over Mm -hmm. Christmas or New Year's. So when I think of Thailand, it makes me obviously think Southeast Asia humid. Is it humid during that time, Kim? Because Brittany and I haven't been. I know you went to Thailand, one of your favorite places. You really rep it up as I rep up Chamonix and Brittany reps up Vienna here. So this is like your version right here on Summer Vibe. So what's the weather like out there? And I know you're a beach person. I know you went to the beaches. So tell our listeners a little bit about that. Humidity wise, I would say yes, you can expect some humidity. It's not terrible and it's okay. But also I think I can stand humidity more than some other people particularly Jamal. (laughs) But no, it's not that bad, really. So I I don't know. I think when I went, I went to Bangkok, of course, Phuket, Koh Phi Phi, Koh Phi Yan, and Koh Samui. All the Kohs. Not all the Kohs, actually. There's a lot more Kohs, if you can (laughs) believe that. But all of those southern islands are really, really nice, really fun to hang out in. You can totally get beach vibes. Things are so much cheaper. Like you can get a giant bucket cocktail for $5. Love it. The food is cheap. The food is so good. And I mean, they just have like day beds all over the beaches and they're not like what you'd expect in San Diego where it's like 20 bucks a day bed. It's free to sit on these day beds. They'll take your order right from your chair there on the beach. We actually went out, got to the beach in Koh Samoy. And this lady came over and was like, hey, do you want some beers? And we're like, we're about to go in the water. Let us know when we get out. We're in the water for like an hour. We come out. As soon as we get out, she comes over and is like, are you ready for your beers? Or she may have even had them ice cold beers in the bucket for us. How can you say no after that like point, right? a dollar beer. It's, oh. I mean, you're not going to say no. You're in Thailand. 
It's amazing. We actually also have an episode, number 37, which my two friends, Chelsea and Chelsea, joined me on, us all on actually, where we talk about the full moon party in Koh Phangan, Thailand. And that is amazing. The full moon happens once a month. So uh, during that time of year, there is a wild party on the beaches of Koh Phangan. It's so much fun. Definitely would recommend it. I'm so glad that I did it in my 20s and not in my 30s. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> my 30 is a whole new ball game. But it's really, really epic. But even if you don't go to that, just the beaches and uh, it's amazing. I definitely want to go to Thailand. It's on my list. And I remember asking you this last year, you know, when's the best time to go to Thailand? And you're like in the winter months. So that's why it made it onto this list that we've provided here for you. Hey, travelers, let's take a quick detour to talk all about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We now have six different trip itineraries, one week in Kauai, an American Southwest weekend or road trip, a week in Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks, a road trip adventure featuring all three of Washington State's national parks, Big Island, Hawaii, and an Arizona road trip that features all three of Arizona's national parks. We are obsessed with these. These itineraries are 20 to 30 page PDF guides with every detail of the trip laid out. We're talking where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, and driving distance between attractions, plus what things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, and their mileage, and the time to allow for each one, and so much more. We have story highlights on our Instagram, at Travel Squad Podcast, where you can see the full guides. We've done all of the research and have taken these exact trips, taking our all of the guesswork from the planning so all that you have to do is show up and have fun purchase your comprehensive travel squad podcast itinerary on our website at travelsquadpodcast.com best of all they're on sale right now for $30 so travel on over and get yours today number seven on our list is the U.S. Virgin Islands. Jamal and I actually took a trip there this past January, and we were there with our honorary squad members, Kasha and Ryan. We visited both St. Thomas and St. John. And if you guys miss those episodes or if you're new to us, that's episode 82 and 84. And you're going to get some of the Caribbean vibes because the U.S. Virgin Islands are southeast of Florida in the Caribbean Sea. Yeah, and perfect temperatures, you know, from December to March, the temperatures range from the mid-70s to the high 80s, very breezy in the evenings. Yes, we were just talking about humidity. I hate humidity. There's a little bit of humidity here, (laughs) but if you are coming from someplace cold to escape the winter, this is a great place for that. It'll definitely give you those warm Caribbean vibes so that you can get rid of that chill that's in your bones. And you're going to want to visit these islands for their white sand beaches, the beachside cocktails. Kim, I know those have your names all over them. We had somebody come up to us and try to serve us. They weren't Thailand prices, obviously, but you can have that there too. But the key word I just heard is try to sell. So I'm guessing you didn't make the purchase. No, because we were just about to leave and go to dinner. They came up to us a little too late was Mm, the problem. If it was earlier, would have done it. The service is lacking in USVI is what you're telling me. No, I wouldn't say lacking. (laughs) They just got to us as we were leaving. It was a timing issue, Kim. Timing issue. Okay. But also known for snorkeling and gorgeous ocean views, we got to swim with so many sea turtles. And if you've never swam with a sea turtle... So much fun. I mean, you can just float on the surface, look down through your goggles at them. They chomp on all of the seaweed, the grass on the seafloor. Then they pop up like right next to you, take a breath of air, and then they swim back down. Aww. And it's so much fun to just like 
find them and then like watch them and swim with them. Obviously give them their distance and not touch them, but really cool experience to have. Yeah, great place to see sea life, snorkel, see the coral, see the reefs, encounter turtles. We even saw a big stingray at one point also, little baby sharks. So really fun to do. A lot of people don't know the Virgin Islands even has a national park. So we visited the national park while we were there and just really, really great time. So overall, like I said, a really great place to go and escape the winter and get that Caribbean vibe. And speaking of the Caribbean in general, the Caribbean is a great place to visit in winter. So if you guys need more ideas, go back to episode 74. It talks about 10 Caribbean islands to love. So go back and listen to that episode to get more ideas. Number eight on our list, still keeping with that tropical vibe, but we're taking you out of the Caribbean, putting you in the Pacific, and we are going to Hawaii. I love Hawaii. I cannot wait to go to more islands. You've been to Kauai. What other islands are on your top? I want to go to Maui really bad. So we actually just got back from Maui and definitely recommend going to visit yourself, Kim. Pick up one of those cheap flights on Southwest. When you I know there. we're going to record an episode on that. That's going to be episode 120 coming up. I can't wait to hear about it. Because yeah, I would love to go to Maui in the jungles, but we went to Kauai as the travel squad and we did an episode on it. It's one of our very first ones that ever came out, number two. It's so fun there. We spent a week there. We went hiking, snorkeling, swimming. We saw sea turtles. We laid on the beach. The cruise? Sunset cruise on the Nepali coast. The boat cruise. Kauai is a really, really fun island to go to. It gives you more of that secluded feel. It's not as crowded popular as Oahu, Maui, even Big Island, and it's still more in its natural state. However, Big Island Hawaii is really awesome too. There's only really two big cities. You're really only going to want to go to one, which is Kona, quite honestly. Really cool stuff to do there. But the main draw of Big Island is the National Park, Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, hiking in the middle of a volcanic caldera. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. We talked about Big Island in episode 45. And also on Big Island, you can snorkel with the manta rays at night, which is definitely an experience in its own. Like you have to go out pretty late night. Then they bring out these big rafts that have these lights on them. And the lights attract the manta rays because it lights up what they eat. And so then the manta rays swim under you and they start doing like flips and whatnot. So you can definitely experience swimming with the manta rays on Big Island. Yeah, and just so you guys are aware, average daytime temperatures in Hawaii is 78 degrees during the winter months. The water stays above 70 degrees year-round, so perfect, perfect place to soak up that warmth also. You know, I was just thinking about this. Like, Do you think West Coast people are Hawaii people and East Coast people are Caribbean people? I think just by ease of getting there, that could be likely. I think so. I mean, just think about it from this perspective. It takes us five hours to fly to the East Coast, right, here from California. It's five hours to get to Hawaii from California. That's a 10-hour flight. That's like us flying from here to California to Europe, whereas somebody on the East Coast, a lot quicker to get to the Caribbean. So maybe that's the case, but I think Hawaii probably just has this one draw that maybe the Caribbean doesn't. Not that the Caribbean's not cool, but there's you know the U.S. Virgin Islands, but I think Hawaii stands out more than that to most people. So I think people make that journey. Well, Hawaii has like the Jurassic Park, feel you know with the big mountains and the waterfalls and all of that and very very nature focused very very nature focused caribbean is more like just beach life you know like island life island 
So it's funny. They're both islands, but island life feels more islandy in the Caribbean. Yes, definitely. Because Hawaii, they have a lot of volcanoes that make it more mountainous and rugged and Mm -hmm. naturey. Well, anyways, I was just wondering, would you guys say you're more Caribbean people or Hawaii people? You know, I've only been to Hawaii once and I found it to be beautiful and amazing, but expensive. I've been to the Caribbean several times and it's also very beautiful. I love the warm water. And so I think I'm more of a Caribbean person. What about you, Jamal? I would have to agree with Kim's sentiment. I like Hawaii. I think Hawaii is as popular as it is in the United States because a lot of people in the United States are hesitant to really travel a lot of places. So that's the only place that they could really go that feels like a foreign country that they're probably comfortable going. So I think that's why you always hear people like Hawaii, Hawaii, not to knock on Hawaii. But yeah, it's expensive. Whereas in the Caribbean, you can go to an American territory, you could go to a British territory, you could go to a Dutch territory, you could go to independent countries that aren't under the territory of anybody for that matter. So you get a lot of different feels in the Caribbean. And I like the Caribbean more. Yeah, I would have to agree. And what really brought me to that conclusion was like you get a lot of different culture Mm -hmm. vibes in the Caribbean because there are a lot of different Caribbean islands that are owned by different countries. So that's why I like the Caribbean more. Hawaii, very, very beautiful. If you're there for just the nature, I feel like the nature outranks the Caribbean. But in terms of like its all-inclusivity, I would say the Caribbean. Yeah, not to knock on number eight on our choice. We put Hawaii on here for a reason, for sure. But, you know, nature-wise, we love nature, so it's high on the list. But you can get beach vibes and island life vibes in certain places in Hawaii, but you find that more in the Caribbean. Yeah, and you just know what you're getting into with Hawaii, but you can do it more smart because price is a big thing there. When you get there, everything's expensive. So I know Brittany and Jamal, you guys just got a flight to Maui and based on how you hacked it, you were able to spend something around a hundred bucks, right? Yeah. It was, it was a real fuck em hard moment. A real fuck em hard mm-hmm. moment because a hundred bucks for two round, round trip, trip flights. So definitely, if you are interested in going to Hawaii, and especially in winter when a lot of people are going, plan early, really do your research, hack your fucking way to Hawaii. Hack it out, baby. Hack it out. And also skip the luau. Yes, skip the luau and (laughs) book your rental cars way in advance because I relooked to see if we could get any other deals on our rental car and they've been sold out for months. There you go. Or just plan to hitchhike it. (laughs) Okay, moving on to number nine on our list. We have, speaking of the Caribbean, Quintana Roo, Mexico. And I put this whole region on here, not just Tulum, because I wanted to talk about several different places here. So typically you're going to fly into Cancun and then it's a long drive from Cancun to Tulum, a couple hours. But along that way, you pass several different little towns and cities. One of those is Playa del Carmen. So all three of these places I would recommend visiting, whether you stay in just one or you have a week there and you explore all of them. Because throughout this whole region of and this drive, there are cenotes, there are ruins, there's beaches, there's party places. There's so much to do and so much like different vibe you can get from all of these places. I love it. I would recommend experiencing all of it as much as you can. 
You know, unfortunately yet for Brittany and I, we have not been to Cancun or Tulum quite yet. We have been to Cozumel, which is in this region, but yes. it's an island. And we went there when we were on a cruise and we stopped in Costa Maya, which is, I think, in that Playa del Carmen region, but it was more cruise ship oriented stop. But we still kind of got those little beachy vibes in the Caribbean, Gulf of Mexico area of uh, Quintana Roo area of Mexico. So I do really want to go, but I still see your photos all the time of when you were in the cenotes mm -hmm. out in that region see other people post photos in the cenotes and i really really want to get out there and i think it'd be a great winter place to go you may not like the cenotes because the water is very cold i don't like <laughs> yeah yeah well you know me very well okay i fucking hate cold water but i will tell you this for an experience like that i will have to do it you know you just got to commit it's like one two three go but when i don't have to commit i like to baby my way into cold water like a little biatch i won't lie about that but for cenotes diving right in yeah so in the winter it's still warm it's still humid but it's not as bad as it is in the summer when i did go here it was in june and it was very hot very humid and like really uncomfortable honestly like forget about doing your hair or makeup so winter would be better because you're cold you want to get away from that you want some warmth it's still going to have some of that humidity and so the cenotes are still going to feel nice when you jump in because it's still going to be hot but another thing that's nice about winter is the algae blooms that happen in this region happen in the summer where the beaches and the ocean fills up with algae and seaweed and it's smelly and it's smelly and this does not happen in the winter i think they call it sargassium isn't it yes. what it is yeah and i've heard it's gross that it's treacherous out there like if you're there during that time it just the smell from the ocean smells like death so that's a good reason not to go in the yeah. summer and go in the winter also if it doesn't happen during that time Definitely. And I mean, there's obviously a lot of places in the world you could go in winter and escape and be in a whole different place. But this one really is. And it's close enough to the US that it's just a quick flight over. For us here, we can go into Tijuana and fly over to Cancun. But Cancun's a major airport that tons of places in the US fly to. So it makes it really easy. And another thing is that it gets so many tourists that they definitely speak English. They cater to tourists. You won't have any trouble navigating. Well, a lot of places there are all-inclusive resorts, are they not? So they, they cater to specifically Americans who come over there too. So you have that English. You don't even have to leave the resort, private beaches from your hotel, everything. But yes, obviously do leave, explore the ruins from the Mayans that they have out there too. But one place real quick before we move on to our number 10 and final on our list here, where I want to experience in Quintana Roo, a new place I've recently discovered called Halbosch. It's spelled H-O-L-B-O-X. So that mm -hmm. X is Osh. So Halbosch. Okay. And it is a island at the very north of Quintana Roo that they don't even allow cars on. You have mm -hmm. to drive like on little golf carts or mopeds. So it's a really secluded vibe and really nothing built up. So you get that experience of that region, but on a minimal level. And what I mean by that is not commercialized in a way, but you still get the nice resort aspect of things. So I hmm. really want to check out Halbosch. I've also heard Isla Mujeres. It's the island of women. Also really beautiful, very few people. And so you can really get more of a secluded exclusive experience there too. A lot of places still to discover there. I want to go back. I only spent like two days there and it was not enough time. Next winter. This winter. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we are towards our last place here, but we're not just going to give you one. 
Yes, this one is an all-inclusive in a way and something that I was really passionate about putting on here, a Mexican or Caribbean cruise because we love cruising here at the Travel Squad podcast. So why limit yourself to one place? Go on a Mexican or Caribbean cruise. The weather is going to be good. You're going to go to multiple places and you're going to have the cruise life experience all on top of it. I went on a Mexican Riviera cruise in February one year, and it was raining and cold when we got on the boat in Long Beach. And as we made it down to Mazatlan and Cabo and Puerto Vallarta, it was warm and sunny. I was tanning. I was drinking margaritas on the beach. It was amazing. Yeah. You know, what's really funny is a lot of the cruises, actually not a lot of them, all of the cruises that Brittany and I have done that are ocean line cruises have taken place in the month of January. Mm. And you would really think that, oh, you know, that's a time during winter people are trying to escape and things are going to be expensive. But cruises as a whole, I don't think are very expensive. So, I mean, it's a really good deal at that time. Also, you're escaping the winter weather. You're going to a warm, tropical place. Love, love, love to do cruises during the winter. And I highly recommend it. That's why we're saving it. Number 10, I don't want to say best for last but one of the best choices in the terms of you're not limiting yourself to one place and you're getting experience with it. Yeah, I've been on like eight different cruises, both to Mexico and to the Caribbean, and the majority of them have taken place in winter. So I definitely agree that taking a cruise in the winter to Mexico or Caribbean is a must do. You're going to get great weather. It's going to be beautiful. You're going to escape the cold Mm -hmm. and you're going to have a great time. And cruise life is the best life. Cruise life. I love it. Love it. So I mentioned that Mexico cruise that I did. Another route that I took was out of Miami and it was a five-day cruise to the Dominican Republic and Turks and Caicos were the two stops. And if you're going to take a Caribbean cruise, I would give you my vouch for that one. It was really fun, really beautiful. And we were just talking about Caribbean life versus Hawaii life. Caribbean life is like reggae music, rum and coke, jerk chicken. Mm. <laughs> I love how Brittany throws in the jerk chicken. <laughs> Kong salads. Oh, yeah. Conch salads, conch fritters, conch everything. I love the Caribbean. Really fun, really good option to do with these cruises. All right, guys. So get out there, travel this winter, whether that is over the holidays or just a little excursion to escape the cold and let us know where you're going too. But now we have a very, very important segment to get to, and that is questions of the week. So our first question is, are there any winter activities that you want to try or recommend? Well, we kind of touched upon this earlier in the episode, and I did mention earlier that I do want to try snowshoeing, and I haven't really done that, but I think it would be really fun. We had kind of an almost opportunity to do it in Lebanon, actually, when we were going to uh, see the cedar trees, but we didn't get to truly do it. But one other thing we want to do is try cross-country skiing. Oh, yeah. You know, fuck the downhill shit. Like, I am not going... Stop, stop. (laughs) I love it, but okay, go ahead. Continue on. We're not doing adrenaline. We're not doing (laughs) speed. We're not going downhill like a bunch of psychos trying to break our arms. I want to do cross country, just leisurely gliding across the snow in the forest. That sounds nice. This it does is sound Kim nice. at thirty. By the way. <laughs> I never no. ever. Was no, I I, I I know she was never into the downhill. I'm I'm just saying this is Kim at thirty at the same time. <laughs> kind of just like leisure, relaxed. Well, I'll also say 
I want to do dog sledding, which is not leisurely. Sounds scary as fuck. I feel like recently <laughs> I suggested Alaska, and that's an Alaska thing. And you were just like, fuck Alaska. I've been too many times. So if we want to do dog sledding, we got to go back. And if mm. I'm being honest, I'm thinking Alaska cruise sometime soon, Ooh. couples trip. Ooh. And we could do some dog sledding. That That'll be, be nice. a good option. But you know where I'd love to go dog sledding is where? in Finland. Finland. Go oh, to- yes. Finland yes. in the summer, stay in an igloo, do oh a little God. hot, cold plunge, yes. and go Some, dog sledding. I didn't even think about that. Somewhere in Scandinavia, great option, Kim. Yes. Great option. Which is a perfect segue to our second question here, which is, what are some things you should pack for winter trips? Because if we're going to Finland, you know we're going to need some massive gear. Some thermals, heavy down coat, definitely. Wool socks, gloves. Oh, absolutely. Fleece-lined beanies. Waterproof shoes. Oh, waterproof shoes. I mean, we went to Lebanon in January, and who was not prepared? Um, Brittany? No. (laughs) (laughs) Kim. Yes. And changes of clothes for sure. A waterproof pants would even be good if you're trekking in the snow. Umbrella. Umbrella, which I did bring. I feel like this could be a whole episode, what to pack for winter destinations. We should do some packing episodes. For winter? Well, you can do it by season. Yeah. Well, I know, but we're talking about winter now. For summer, it'd be like swimsuit for every day. Yeah. For summer, (laughs) you don't need anything. T-shirt, bathing suit. That's it. Flip-flops. Maybe a towel. So one thing I've always thought about packing, and I never actually have, and I, I was thinking about it for Breckenridge before that one got canceled, but... They're like little packages of things that you break and they start heating up for your hands. Like hand warmers? Yeah, they're like little warmers. You could get those like at Walmart or a Big Five. Mm-hmm. They're really supposed to be for hunters who are out there. You put them in your boots or in your gloves and you crack them and they're supposed to warm up your hands. I know what you're talking about. I don't, just don't know the name of them. I don't know the name of them either, but I'm sure you could Google like warmer pouches <laughs> and find them on Amazon. Actually, how about this? We'll find them and we'll link them on our website on our travel products for sale page. So easy access for you. And that'll be perfect for our first five places that we listed here to warm you up in the winter. So one other thing I have to add on is if you're going on any winter destinations and there are true winter vibes, invest in a bolsa de agua caliente. Oh, we just got back from a trip from Ecuador where they put these in our beds. We talked about this in episode 109. We just released Ecuador. So go back and listen to that if you haven't listened to it already. But we talked all about it. We were in some high Andean mountain towns and these beautiful, beautiful lodges. And we had service where they came and put these bolsas the agua caliente in our beds, which is basically a balloon of hot water, has a nice little blanket or cover on it, and it just warms your bed. It's so, so amazing. It is amazing. and does not require electricity like a heating pad does. Link that in the show notes too, Kim. Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) Yes. I highly recommend buying one of those, even if you're not going on vacation. Yeah, it's perfect for the home. (laughs) Turn down your own bed for yourself. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. Please keep the adventures going with us by following us on Instagram and YouTube at Travel Squad Podcast and tag us in your adventures. If you found the information in this episode to be useful or if you thought we were just plain funny, please be sure to share it with a friend that you know would enjoy it too. And as always, guys, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more amazing adventures and tips in store for you. Bye, everybody. Bye, squaddies.